Hello and welcome to the uh, Late Night YSA show. Welcome back with your hosts, Lewis Taylor and uh, Anthony Dayton. Anthony Dayton. Today we have uh, Jake, the human chess piece, as uh, <laughs> as the guest. Um, now, before we go into the show, uh, I'm going to hand over to Anthony for the announcements. All right, so very quickly. It is Light the World, week two. This week, you have the opportunity to light your neighbourhood by doing good acts of service and following Christ's example. Uh, there's a Hyde Park dance in London for New Year's. All of you who want to go down to that, that will be a blast. And there's a Sunday devotional here at the YSA building on Sunday evening with President and Sister McReynolds. There's also a carol service at the stake centre around the same time in the evening. So, you know, take your pick and go to whichever one you feel best. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any of you who's going to that carol service? Tim will be. I, I <laughs> might go. I'm not entirely sure. I think I will. Yeah. I think I will. I'm that went last year. Before. I think it was pretty good. It was good, yeah. I think there was one last year, yeah. Yeah, that would be good. So, um, welcome on the show, Jake. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> He's Thank been you, Lewis. Thank you, Tony. He's been waiting <laughs> so long to come to this podcast. Like, ever since we first started it, Jake has been like, when can I come on? When can I come on? When can I come on? I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to uh, be on your radio show. <laughs> I want to call out some uh, special people in the audience. I want to thank my mum and my dad and uh, all, my, uh, all my buddies who made this possible. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Wow. There you go. You're welcome. Welcome to the show. Jake is the uh, number one fanboy of this show. Uh, I'm joking. But yeah, it's good to have you Probably on. Probably your only listener. Uh, well, <laughs> not, that, them 300 clicks are not other people. It's just Jake. I, find, I, finally, I finally get the really controversial episode I wanted. It's my time now. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, there's certain. I say this every for every guest but you know there is certain people that you, I want on the show yeah. and Jake has been one of them for some time I wanted me on the show so you know <laughs> yeah. so so you know how's it going yeah it's great but it's, you've called, you call me the uh, the human chess piece and you, you read the uh, what the, the phone we're recording this on is resting on uh, Abraham's chess set uh, just had a game with Ollie actually <laughs> When we, when we it, came, into, it wasn't, Jake was in the middle of playing a game. It, it wasn't Ollie. really a game. It was like a. It was like a study. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. So, like, I don't know how many people like because we have not a lot of pe- new people in the ward. I don't know how many people know you. Yeah. Like since they've joined the yeah. ward, uh, but if you you know Jake is a. Uh, he's the, he's always the guy that's playing chess upstairs. He's a. Uh, <laughs> sorry, go on. It's really weird, you know. It, um, I don't know why it started. It's just kind of become a thing recently. So when I was at school, I learned to play and I kind of had a club at school, but for the last like 15 years, I don't think I've really touched it. Mm. But like a few weeks ago, it was uh, Edson. He was playing here and he gave me the, the worst ever, like he just absolutely wiped the floor with me. And I was like, awesome, I'm gonna like I'm gonna get good at it again and I don't know, I started playing and every and some guys I was friends with started playing as well and then it kind of grew. People started seeing us play. It kind of created this thing where people we wanna challenge each other. Mm. So it's like we we played and like uh, Ollie and Lewis and Ryan and um, I've played you as well. Yeah, I can't beat Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Just send the word out. Not if anyone's good, yet. wipe the smile off his face. Yeah. <laughs> beat him for me. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's a bit of an old man's game. 
It's Which, a gentleman's game. It's a gentleman's, gentleman's game. Yeah, it's yeah. proper. It, it, it's intelligent, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just just a hobby, passion. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's well, you've played it so much, you have become the chess piece. The chess piece. Oh yeah. I like. That's why you feel good <laughs> when you beat me. I'm trying to give nicknames to everyone that comes on the show today. <laughs> do, you remember, do, you the, uh, do you remember the Elders Quorum uh, nicknames? Uh, I. Well, do you do you come up Elders Quorum nickname? You you came up with that on the messenger. See, I did. I got bored. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just started nicknaming everyone on the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what yours was, Jake. I don't remember what. <laughs> Bucky Barnes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bucky there's Barnes, there's yeah. one of what you were saying here, but it made me laugh. <laughs> what were you? Were you, exactly. mank? you were the mank. Yeah. yeah. You were the big fetter. <laughs> do you remember? Yeah. I was vision. On his one. I was vision. Oh, yeah, <laughs> big feta. Big, that means big cheese in Greek. Yeah, Lauren feta, yeah. was oak and shield. Nice. Lawrence was uh, fishbone question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't know if you would get that. Not many people do. Lawrence Fishburne. I don't know if people made the connection. I, did, like, I didn't. I didn't get it. <laughs> that's a classic now. The Matrix. Yeah, it's oh. kind of weird. Uh, it's like twenty years old. Yeah, it's old. Good film. Yeah. So, you're not just the guy that plays chess as well. You've been a uh, you've you've taught a lot in the ward. You're the first first teacher I encountered in the ward. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like uh, I encountered that's such a weird verb to use. I don't know how. <laughs> I was taught. I was by, or... uh, the first person I was taught. Oh, about. I encountered. Uh, yeah, I get what you're trying to say. Yeah. yeah no, no, but like I'm like who had who had two teachers in the ward? It's like, oh right, yeah. That, that's how it yeah. was oh, I okay. teaching the principles Gos- yeah gospel principles oh man yeah mission part two yeah. what well, was good it's good what tell us a bit about yourself as well Jake like yeah. you were born in Macclesfield right I was actually born uh, in Manchester oh, not okay. too far from here uh, oh yeah you said uh, yeah I was born in St Mary's uh, which is down uh, down near just down the road, close to where you live. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a twin, twin sister, Maya. Uh, she's currently studying in Tokyo. Uh, this is good, actually, everyone. If you're listening in, don't ask me anything about myself after this. And there we go. This is your. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I was. Um... So yeah, we we moved to Macclesfield when we were. My parents moved us down when we were one because my dad's an artist, and all of his people he worked for. Um, is the galleries he displayed in they lived in Macclesfield so we grew up in the Peak District in the countryside we grew up in a little village tiny little school uh, really kind of quaint came to high school had a shock I uh, don't think I'd ever seen that many people before <laughs> uh, and so that's probably why Manchester appeals because my roots are here and uh, it's so different to where I grew up with, so it's kind of the city's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just kind of uh, yeah, solitary upbringing. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah, a lot of time in uh, the lonely Peak District. A lot of time to think. Um, it's, <laughs> to watch videos. it's probably why I play chess. <laughs> Sat on a windowsill in the rain, like yeah, playing against yourself, playing against myself. You know, it's. Um, but to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> That's my uh, that's my religious background was because we grew up with the Church of England yeah and uh, so I came there and uh, when I started when I finished high school and uh, time to think sometimes good uh, it allows you to kind of uh, that's why I'm quite 
studious about things. I'm quite intellectual because I've had a, I've read loads and I had a lot of time to think. <laughs> yeah. Intellectual. Yeah. <laughs> got beat by me in chess. Just to say, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. Well, you I'm can't measure I'm how intellectual <laughs> someone yeah. I'm, I'm joking, Jake. I'm joking. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's me. Uh, really. Uh, yeah. Like. Uh, yeah. I like movies. Uh, we'll get. We'll, like, we'll get into a few yeah. few things in a bit because uh, right. So. What. What age did you actually join the church? Like, how old are you now? I'm like, 24. 24? And I was uh, 16. 16? Right, okay. Eight years ago. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It was... Uh, it was on my birthday. My 16th birthday, actually. I uh, it first uh, appealed to me. It was, uh, it was after high school. Our RE class uh, got me interested. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, with all the kind of things on my mind. Uh, I remember doing, did this assignment in RE, and it was uh, my proudest piece of work. It's my A-star. Right. It was my only A-star subject. And it was reasons why God does and doesn't exist. And you had to like list every reason you could come up with, why he might or might not. Yeah. So I worked on this, I slaved over these two lists for uh, ages. And then I finally had this fantastic list of both sides, and I was like, great, uh, yeah, A-star. But then I remember looking at the list and thinking, which side's right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I, I just had a very strong feeling that if I kept open-minded, I'd find the answer very soon, mm. uh, which was interestingly enough, and uh, six months later I meet the missionaries. And I uh, get baptised a month later, and... Uh, the rest is history. The rest is history. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's well, strange, you know. That, that, that's probably <laughs> the best intro we've had yet to someone describing them about themselves. So with that, we'll just take a break and play a song, and then we'll continue more in the life of Jake Boucher. Yeah, it goes downhill Un- from there. Uncovered. Uncovered. <laughs> 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 Thank you. 
Follow me, yeah. yeah. Uh, by Genesis. Genesis, yeah. Why'd, why'd, you, you, yeah. why'd you pick it? Why'd I pick it, man? Um, so, if you to know something about me, I have a very eclectic music taste because of my parents. We never grew up on conventional music, uh, so my mum always uh, she was a punk, and she she still parties with her eighties crew in Manchester. She's into things like we grew up on Bowie, Pet Shop Boys, Talk Talk. Some obscure bands, and my dad was into kind of, uh, well, he, he has a heavy metal side, but he's also into bands like The Who and like some weird instrumental music. So we always listened to very strange music, and uh, I had a phase, teenage Genesis phase, um, which my mum absolutely hates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know, it was, uh, it, was, it was a feel-good song kind of growing up. Um, I don't know. Um, just, uh, yeah, I like soft, easy listening songs uh, that are a bit different, uh, maybe a bit obscure even. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's nice when, to go away from the mainstream. So, uh, yeah, I think just something a bit different. It's a good song. But, but it, as long as it feels nice, that's my kind of philosophy with music or movies or anything. Mm. It can be really unpopular, it can be even a bit dumb, and it can be not well known. But if, it, if it's good, then, yeah, don't care. Don't care what the genre is or anything. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. The um, you know, um, I like all genres from all eras, and as long as it is, for me, I, I prefer. I'm a bit of a snob sometimes, like in terms of music. So like, uh, if there's not a lot of thought put into the song, like either in terms of the lyrics or how it's made, and I'm quite like, oh, this is rubbish. This this song, mm. I kind of hate on it. Yeah. Even though it's a catchy song sometimes because yeah. it gets me yeah. silly. We were talking about that on uh, Friday night, weren't we? Or Saturday morning, rather. How, how some songs, uh, they're not as well made as they used to be. So you find a lot of pop songs now, it's just kind of these beats that are very loud, it's trying to get you yeah. energetic, and these, you know, lyrics aren't very imaginative. But we'll, we'll listen to Phil Collins in the air tonight. Oh. And you think about a song like that, it really. <laughs> 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 It teaches you patience to wait up to that moment where it all drops. It's, it's like yeah. incredible how they used to make music, and I don't think they make it the same way. I, mean, I think certain artists do, so, but... There's certain, like, 
in our in our generation is certain like niche like artists that do come out of like good music sometimes. Yeah, yeah like, definitely. A lot a lot of thought put into it. Yeah. I think of like is it I can't remember pronouncing it. Is it Sia or Sia? Sia. Sia. Yeah. Sia I think puts a lot of music and uh, a lot of mm. effort into it. Yeah. I think um you know like I th- I still think right some rap artists are rubbish, like the mumble rap is absolutely garbage, right? <laughs> yeah. But like people like Childish Gambino oh, and music. Chance, the yeah, rapper, Chance. right? Very, you know, too logic. Very, very good. Put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. But then there's just there's some pop music that's absolutely trash. Yeah. 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 It does just go through. It doesn't inspire any thoughts or feelings. And you, oh, I hate it when well, I don't hate it. I guess some artists need it, but when. I love it when an artist writes about their own feelings, their own thoughts. I think Ed Sheeran, yeah. he, he's done that quite well in the past. Um, same with Kendrick, you know, they don't yeah. use ghostwriters that often, I think. Yeah. They just write their own music. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely helps you connect a lot more with the artists well, and how they feel. It's interesting because um, I think back to growing up, it's, uh, you know, some people just write songs, but some people kind of, um, they kind of, almost they paint with music, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. each instrument is like, it's like a little it's a different colour mm-hmm. and you know some the songs I like I think they, they got like a they might have like a nice bass in the background or just a lovely a nice melody or yeah. some or they feel warm or soft one of the uh, artists I'd listened to when I was young a lot uh, speaking of kind of giving you a window into their personal feelings when he was 20 he wrote this album which was like really psychedelic intense uh, full of like emotion and it was he was going through drugs and depression and his uh, family problems and 40 years later he redid the album but now he's like he's got a family he's happy he's living like in Dahamas somewhere mm-hmm. and it's the same album but instead of being kind of like intense and psychedelic it's warm and mainstream yeah. and kind of feel good and so it's interesting you know you kind of see most bands and artists kind of go through eras Oh, definitely. You know, like, uh, I mean, mo- film series do it, TV shows do it. I think. Uh, the, I all... think. I think the best ones go through different eras. Like yeah. uh, you think about David Bowie. Oh. He, he, you know, he starts off in the sixties all the way through to like now, and you know, you've got Iggy. Is it? Iggy Pop? It, not Iggy's Pop. Oh, Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust. Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, his, uh, his fourth album. He, yeah, his fourth album. Then he become you know different type of music to. The ones he did late in his life. Oh yeah! I actually, watched that Black Star. Oh, uh, did. Song. I, Ooh, I listened yeah. to that video. That is very creepy video, right? It and is. A, and a creepy song. But you can tell that he's put a lot of work into kind of choreographing and directing that music video mm-hmm. and the song to try and tell a message. I didn't. I still don't understand the actual oh. video itself. Well, but it's you know you can tell that a message is trying to be said. Yeah. Like, there's a lot that goes behind it. I mean. Um, it obviously what he was going through at the time was a big part but funny enough when the first day I came back from my mission mm. think of it we'd been listening to nothing but hymns yeah and the tabernacle choir to come back <laughs> I'm like yeah let's listen to uh, this his new album to listen to the most intense dark <laughs> piece of music it scared the life out of me I actually turned my iPad off <laughs> like threw it on the floor no yeah, please that- stop Something softer. Yeah, that, that, that uh, is tough to yeah. listen to. So, but, uh, but it's other stuff, you know. It's great, oh, yeah, it? there's yeah. more. Uh, so, yeah, advice to anyone. If you come back from mission, don't stick on, like, the most edgy stuff. 
Yeah. Uh, kind of ease it in slowly. Yeah. But <laughs> like like we're saying, like the best artists go through there is like Michael Jackson went through different, you know, yeah, stages. Oh, yeah. Um, in, in many ways he didn't just, well, just his that? music wasn't the only thing that went through stages <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, who else Eminem you know oh, he went through stages oh, yeah. Yeah. but I still think he always talks about his life that's all he talks about yeah but like I like the uh, I like the 90s one I like the late 2000s one but I don't like his newer stuff now Mm. Or like the political stuff he does now. But yeah, it's I did, very political. Isn't yeah, it? but I do like his other like all the other stuff. There's been you know, there's been a few artists in history that have gone through different stages, and that to me is like it's showing true skill. I think to be able to change complete personas and to change, I suppose your oh. especially the ones that write themselves like their yeah. own songs. Like have you have you ever listened to a song? Have you heard Kate Bush? Yeah. Oh, I love Kate Bush. Kate Bush. I love, I love her. Right, there's a song that I want to play on the podcast, but not this po- this this podcast, right? But she does a song called, um, she writes all her own songs. I've got like massive respect for her for that. But she's got a song called Cloud Busting, right? And I've never thought of more kind of like, like I thought it was just a song, right? But then when you read about why she wrote it and what it's about mm-hmm. and the music video, it's like. It's like, why, the, why did she get this from writing about, like... It, she, the song is basically, like, surrounded by, like, a psychoanalyst called uh, Wilhelm Reich. Yeah. Like, that was, like, in the 1920s. Yeah. And it's like... And basically, like, he had... He was like Freud. He had some, some ideas oh, that okay. stood up and some wacky ideas, right? Yeah. And also, like, he came up with this machine that he thought could blow up clouds and make them rain uh-huh. right and he actually did it in the on this like farm he, he said to these farmers like um, give me money uh, and I'll make it rain for you yeah and uh, he created this machine and apparently he made, made it rain but no. it's like but that, 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 that the song's all about like the government taking him taking him away uh-huh. and like censoring some of his stuff like burning some of his books and stuff but it's it's like, what kind of... Where'd you get that information from? <laughs> yeah. Especially in the 80s, like, where you don't have access to the internet. Oh, the songs like, were like what? mini, mini like, fantasy stories yeah, back like, then. Yeah, exactly. Like, you think about it, people that are writing in the 70s, 80s, they don't have the level of access of information that we have now yeah. in terms of just being able to Google something. And to be able to write something back then... Yeah, I think it's just like she must have got out of a book or something. Like must, she must have done research into it. Must have. But that's like, such a random, that's such subject, a random niche subject. Yeah. I'm just like and the fact that it appealed to some people. Yeah, it's a good video. That my sister's it, favorite song by a, um, Cloud it's a, a good famous song. actor in the video who plays the doctor. Yeah, uh, actually, I feel I feel that we should play it as replacement for the song I was going to. Oh, here we go. Right, so there we go. But yeah. Um, well, we could do it now if we wanted. Yeah, yeah. So, Play it now. What song is this? It's called Cloud Busting by Kate Bush.
Boston by uh, Kate Bush. Great song. Great song. Um, so back to the enigma, to the enigma that is Jake Boucher. <laughs> right. Um, so um, I forgot what I was going to say. Now. What were we talking, uh, we were, talking about? Music. We were, we were we? talking about music, but then we. T- oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, so for you, you're teaching English now, aren't you? Yeah, teaching English. Is yeah. that like gonna go in your uh, in your life? That's the plan. Um, again, like I guess my life is a bit of an adventure. That's how I always saw it. Um, 
it's an interesting kind of story that is why I'm doing English. And so... Um, tell it, please tell. Yeah, so uh, my uncle, uh, who used to actually be friends with the, uh, the, the goth band The Damned, he used to actually know them <laughs> right. in the 80s. <laughs> I uh, don't know how this relates yeah. to where we're going, but go on. But he... Um, <laughs> uh, he, he's now he's now a, an English teacher in Japan. Right. He married a Japanese woman, and my sister wants to be a teacher in Japan, and so does my cousin. Uh, and so, um, I mean, we've always had the Japanese kind of influence in our family. Mm. Uh, we've always been into it, and uh, we went on holiday there. And so, the idea of kind of living abroad's always been kind of in my mind. Uh, but after my mission, I enjoyed so much teaching. And when obviously you must have been good because when uh, when I taught the the class here, the gospel uh, principles class, mm. I really enjoyed that, and I got a lot from teaching. And when I was at school, I always used to love kind of presenting things and public speaking. Yeah. And so, I kind of put two and two together and thought, I want to. I like the idea of traveling, and I like teaching, explaining, and presenting things. And I'm like, language teacher, and my family does that, and it made me think. Um, there's a uh, there's a um, promotion there for the self reliance class they do here because it was actually I actually went to that and they uh, then suggested well maybe uh, that's kind of what you want to do and I was like oh yeah I actually would like to do that I'm sure I thought about it years ago but I actually finally decided to do it and a uh, guy here uh, Jonah Walsh uh, whose brother was my MCC teacher uh, he studied uh, a course in uh, teaching English it's called the uh, TEFL um, and people I used to work with also did that course and so I I'm nearly at the end of my uh, course with it now and uh, it's a way you can teach in language schools a lot of Chinese students a lot of just a lot of foreign students who are desperate to learn English and this is one of many companies which uh, train people up to be language teachers and uh, I think that give me a lot of satisfaction yeah. uh, I've helped out with the English class here uh, in the past in the basement on Wednesdays and uh, it was good I got on with the Chinese students and uh, I just like I like the idea of teaching I like interacting with people from foreign countries there's something really satisfying about people who have such a different viewpoint mm. you know such a different culture and maybe you don't understand each other fully um, but uh, just the idea of teaching English just really appeals to me it's an important skill and um, you get to deal with people it's exciting and it's uh, it's like it's an emerging field in the world. Who knows? You can go places with it. And so that's the reason why, really. Uh, it's kind of, you know, we don't know how things will pan out in the future and whether my interests will change. But right now, it just seems like something I really want to get into. And um, and at least it's something I can do as a job that I really would enjoy. I think I, that's the most important thing. I think teaching English is just such a weird language. I think, I mean, you look at the English language, you look at all the words we use, the way we say things, a lot of it doesn't actually make much sense to people from not, other countries. It's not logical. It's not a logical language at all. Like, and we've borrowed a lot, so English is actually a Germanic language from what I remember. It's got it's, a lot from Greek, yeah. a lot from German. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just like... Latin as well. You know, it's got flavours of Roman, flavours of German, flavours of French. Even flavors. Indian. You know, uh, even in the word the word pajama is an Indian oh, yeah. word. Alcohol is a like Middle Eastern word. It's you know, English is a very irregular language. You know what I mean? It's very we, we borrow a lot from other people. It's ra- random yeah. in yeah. the extreme. 
Yeah. We've I, perfected. Perfected. Perfect language ever. <laughs> and then the Americans perfected English. Oh, <laughs> simplified it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I, think, I think it reflects a lot of our culture. You look at the English culture as a whole. We've actually borrowed a lot of things from other countries and other cultures. So yeah. I think that's, you know, I think our language is definitely representative of our culture and our lifestyle. Yeah. We have borrowed so much. We've taken so much from other places of the world like India, um, like the Middle East, like the Mediterranean. We've taken all these little bits and we've applied it to our own culture and our language. Mm. So it is really interesting. And, and it's a global language, it's, you know, everyone speaks yeah. it. Yeah. There's one and, a, one and a half billion people in the world right now are trying to learn or improve their English. Yeah, which is insane. It's a lot of I mean, you, got, uh, you got plenty of clients then. <laughs> yeah, so come, come to me and uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, but to be honest, like Mandarin, like it's growing. Like obviously, it's a lot of it's in China, but I really like, want to learn Mandarin. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think that Mandarin will take over English I as do. their main language. I actually, think and that. the reason why I think that is because as a language, it's more logical when I've tried yeah. to learn it yeah. compared to English and I think I also think that it's going to be spoken more by the majority of the world yeah. at a certain day. wouldn't that be a really interesting timeline you think 10 years down the line instead of everyone trying to learn English you've got people trying to learn Mandarin yeah. that would be so interesting yeah. I, I can't imagine I mean I know a few words in Mandarin but I mean not many but the thought of having to learn it so you'd have more opportunities in life you know whether academic or personal or business related, I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine some people in England speaking Mandarin. Oh yeah, doesn't, doesn't make much sense. <laughs> some uh, I mean, I guess I guess we will yeah. at one point. You know, some us, I just get that. I just can't picture some people <laughs> in my family wanting to speak Mandarin. But yeah, it'll be. Um, I think that'll be the one for the future. Now you mentioned um, you went to Japan. Yeah. And we've had conversations about this. So do you just want to kind of what was the well, you can't really say that on this, but what was the like weirdest thing that you kind of come across? Keep it PG, yeah. Keep it PG. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep it PG, yeah. yeah. Uh what happens in uh, Osaka stays in Osaka, yeah, yeah. I'll just say that. Um uh, it depends who's listening on this podcast. Actually, <laughs> some people know. Right, well, go no. Um actually, um yeah, there was uh Managed narrowing it down, but I remember one one little uh, story uh, that we remember. So um, I actually went for a meal with a girl right. uh, when we were there. She worked in the hotel we were staying in. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, we were just friends, but uh, what happened was she said to me, do you want to go for some fast food? Right. And her English was all right. She she half the English words she knew were swear words as well. That was weird, but um, yeah, yeah. so we went to this restaurant <laughs> and she said, "Do you want some fast food?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I love it." And uh, so we get like a plate of fries, some burger meat, and raw duck throat on the side. <laughs> and I like pick this up in my chopsticks, and she's like, "It's great." And uh, and you're looking there. And so, <laughs> so I'm there, and I'm like, "What do I do?" And, and you can see the cartilage. Like really, like uh, like yeah, and and so what happens is, <laughs> I actually have a few of them. I actually really like them. Right. I mean, I've had like a lot of. I've had when I was in London, 
on my mission, uh, we had a lot of African food. So we had like chicken's foot and cow skin in a stew. No. <laughs> and so we kind of got, I kind of got used to, uh, you know, um, weird food. But yeah. Um, but I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, and, and so that that was good. Um, and so aside from the weird thing, like, is it, <laughs> like, is, what, what was the general experience like in Japan? Because I know it's like completely different culture, obviously, to ours. Man, by the end of it, I, f- I felt like a Japanese guy. <laughs> it was The culture is so different. Like, every country is different, but so, like China, Japan and areas around there, they're so fully detached from Western culture. So in what um, sense, like, have you got it? So... Like their outlook on um, how you should behave around people is different. You know, over here, you're kind of expected if you go in a shop or a restaurant, you at least say hi to your waiter. Mm. You at least smile. Over yeah. there, you shouldn't do that. Right. Not only is it not a thing, but you go in a restaurant and get out and they serve you. People don't, even shaking hands is weird, it's a bit too intimate. Too far, uh, but, yeah. but isn't it bowing in? Bowing right? is a big yes. Yeah, so you, you bow to people. A man has to bow with his hands on his sides. A woman has to have her hands in front of her when she bows, and the length and angle of the bow actually reflects who it is. So you'd bow differently to your boss than you would if you were making an apology or if you would to your family. So it's in some ways Japan's super formal and a bit even like it looks emotionless, but in other ways it's really fun. And it's it just it seems like a contradiction. Japan is just totally different, and they think. I mean, also people are the same really deep down, but yeah. the culture and how they behave is just totally like isolated, different from you know, how we're used to doing things. They think I think they think English people and Americans are way too loud and inappropriate, <laughs> which sometimes not, we are. But even I'm not going to disagree with that. Yeah, even because <laughs> you know, even I think the reserved people in the West would probably be considered quite outgoing in the Far East. Mm. Can, can you um, imagine seeing that sort of culture here in England, seeing people <laughs> bow down when they see each other and you know, not shaking hands? Oh, I'll tell you what... Being, was, being a lot more serious. Isn't that the most yeah. interesting thing? Like, I can't... I'd, 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 I'd love... I'd love we that. should try that out yeah, for we a should, weekend. Right, <laughs> what we should do is should, we should get the eldest choir room to just... <laughs> right. To just... <laughs> Do these behaviours for a week? Yeah. Oh, see if they catch. Oh, see if anyone catches on. Yeah. So everyone yeah. just like bow, yeah. bows and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you just carry it around a samurai sword all the time as well. <laughs> Come on. If anyone challenges you, you just have a street battle right Sayonara, there. Sayonara, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> the weirdest thing was in Japan, the most niche thing is like speaking English. So what they will do is they will use Google Translate and they will just put. Like they'll on their products and hotels, like they'll just put English translations of things yeah. because they think that they that will appeal to Westerners. But some of the attempts to translate are really funny. <laughs> uh, we had this box of tissues and it was covered in English translations, which were so bad. Uh, saying like, um, yeah, this box of tissues, very useful product. This is an English proverb. Very useful, <laughs> uh, and then it had like it had like these weird like poems written on it in English, and then it was like um, this is not sarcastic written on the bottom, and I'm like, yeah, they could have done with a translate, but I mean we we laugh, but you know over here I think our translation of like foreign words we, it's probably just as funny to them. Yeah, like, yeah, we butcher their language, they butcher our language. Yeah, 
We'll cut it off there. We're here in a bit. Um, so, next song, It Don't Have to Change. It's by John Legend. It's about Christmas time and it's about the inevitability of growing up. Here it is. So this last segment, what we usually do on the show after the last song, we usually have just uh, a sort of nice experience shared by the guest or by someone else. So we've invited Jake today just to share a nice experience with us. Yeah, it was uh, it was actually a very spiritual experience. Um, okay. A few weeks ago, um, what happened was um, I was praying in the morning. 
and I had this distinct feeling. I actually saw a friend of mine like had this image in my head of him saying to me, how quick can you get here to the YSA? And it was interesting. I mean, on a mission, I'd had kind of promptings, a lot of them before. Um, but I, I remember having, the, I'd had this image a while building up to it, this friend saying to me, how quick can you get here to Manchester? And it came very strongly. And so I remember feel, having this distinct impression, I need to come here. Um, but I put it off because I had a package arriving and I wanted to do stuff. So I, I, I started getting ready and just doing stuff. And then I felt it again, even stronger. It's saying, no, you need to, uh, don't waste any more time. Just go straight into Manchester. It was like really early. I'd have nothing to do in Manchester, but uh, I decided I'd follow it. And so I got the train, came to Manchester super early with no idea what to do. Uh, but I was like, well, uh, I guess I'm here for a reason. So I come into the YSA building and the friend who I'd seen was also in the YSA building super early as well. Um, and what had happened was uh, because of uh, kind of the day he'd been having, he really needed me and another friend to be with him and to talk to him. Funny enough, the other friend who was with us had had the same prompting that morning to come there to see him. Mm. And so we actually spent the day with him and it was actually super important that we do. Um, and so I remember telling him that and then him saying, yeah, he also got the same feeling. And I'm like, oh, wow. So uh, I, I was meant to be here <laughs> today. And I'm glad I was, you know, it was, it was good to uh, just be there for someone, be there for a friend uh, when they need you. Um, but yeah, I thought... Uh, that that was a very uh, spiritual uh, experience, um, you know, a very nice uh, being prompted to do something, feeling like you're actually uh, uh, being used for something, as it were, yeah. you know, um, and so it was very special. And, uh, you know, I think it does happen uh, in life. I've got so many family stories, times my parents who are not religious, but times when they had a distinct feeling and they followed it and it was really important mm. it may have actually saved my dad's life once something that he did <laughs> from a feeling and so i certainly do believe that we you know whether uh, it's intuition or the spirit or um or just good ideas um but i certainly do think um you know that we we can follow what we feel and it will it'll lead us good places mm. and uh, it certainly does on a mission uh, that's the uh I'm sure you know that it's, uh, you have all kinds of things. It's like, oh my goodness, coincidence or Mentally. yeah, there we go. Yeah, and it's uh, so that's that was a very special experience to me, and uh, I hope I hope it was a uh, spiritual. Um, it, it felt spiritual to me. So uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good story. Like uh, you know, you've like you said, you probably have plenty of those and and new missions. Um, yeah. Or you know sometimes you know I've not had an experience like that you know um, but I still believe that you know a lot of people do have them and I think it's a great thing to be I suppose I I believe that it is the spirit I don't believe that it's intuition yeah but I do believe that intuition can sometimes be the cause of such things yeah and I think that it's amazing how the spirit does direct us in certain instances to do certain things. Yeah. Um, like, I've, I've had experiences where, like, uh, you know, the spirit, where I've gone past someone in church and 
I thought I felt strongly that I need to talk to that person, even though usually I don't usually talk to that person. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I've all yeah, I've had them experiences, but I'm not when it's like <laughs> you need to go to this destination today. Yeah. I've not had that, and that that is an amazing kind of story. I think mm-hmm. uh, this your whole experience, Jake. It really reminded me of um, a talk out of bed and I gave. It wasn't a talk, it was more of a devotional. But he asked the question, and this is a question of a talk, uh, is it the spirit or is it just me? Mm-hmm. And he talks about how one of the ways you can know is when you follow through in a prompting or when you just have a feeling because, you know, you, don't, you can't always tell when it is a spirit when it is just, you know, your own intuition. But when you follow through on it and you see the fruits of, of what's happened, mm-hmm. then by that you can say, oh, this was a spirit or this was just, you know, my own intuition. It's just an interesting thing because I think a lot of the time, I think, you know, often we don't know that we are being led by the spirit and we are just following yeah. that kind of gut instinct or that feeling that we have. Yeah. It's only after or later, or even years later, when we do realise and you look back, oh, that was a spirit. Yeah. So It's interesting. It's like, you can't replicate it. Mm. You know, sometimes you're like, come on. Give, give me the stuff. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think a mission was very big because it, uh, for, for me personally, we had a lot of those experiences and from having them, it kind of opened me to the idea that like you can have them. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, like you're allowed to. Uh, and that's kind of why a mission was very special. It's kind of, it kind of, you have to be trained up. You know, it's like any, they often say like, listen to the spirit. It's like a skill. You have to exercise and it's sort of, we, we don't know and it's it's confusing but the more I think the more experiences we have in the gospel the more we get to kind of flex those muscles the more we kind of think oh like it, it's cool it kind of builds if you know what I mean it's sort of that's why missions are good they kind of just expose you to all the cool experiences mm. and uh, it becomes very real it, it, <laughs> I, I do love those kind of experiences where you do realise that you are following the spirit and it kind of it's almost like a little glimpse <laughs> Of Heavenly Father just showing you, oh, you're doing everything right. Yeah. You're doing everything right, and I trust you to do this. I am. Um, this kind of experience just. Incredible. I got that when I was baptized, um, because the first time they baptized me, because they had to do it twice, because the first time they got the words wrong. Mm-hmm. And I distinctly remember the first time feeling nothing, but the second time feeling like a complete change when they did it right, like feeling it was the most right thing to do ever. And it was. Uh, that was. Because I always found that confusing. I think the one teaching of the church, which I think I accepted everything, but the teaching that the spirit speaks to you, I just, when yeah, I first trouble, I couldn't yeah. wrap my head around what that feeling was supposed to be. Because I know people have trouble explaining it, but yeah. from the experiences with it, it's like I know when I'm having it. Mm. And it, it's kind of learned by experience. Because you can't really explain it, but you just have to kind of have it. And that's... Um, that's how you come to identify yeah. the spirit. And it, it's super special, I think, yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing, Jake. Oh, you're welcome. Um, and with, with that good story, we'll, um, we'll end this podcast off. Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, and we hope to have another one of these, so stay tuned until next time. Thanks, guys. <laughs> See ya. See ya.